I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the Watford Buzz pod. Matt and Jordan here to discuss Watford's victory over West Bromwich Albion. We'll also be drip feeding in Tom's thought as well because he's not with us currently. Uh, you are here though, Jordan. So how are you doing? I am here. Thanks. Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, good, to, good to be back again so quickly after the last episode. It's uh, fun to have these games packed in and, and have something to talk about. Yeah, nice to talk about a win this time as well. Um, Right, let's get into it. West Brom, uh, a strong side, looking for a return to the Premier League, like us. But um, what was our game plan yesterday, Jordan? There didn't really seem to be any clear identity. I think that's more worrying than you know than the result. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a big talking point since um, since the game, and I think uh, I think there's a little bit of a split opinion here because what I will say is, you know, we don't want to be overly negative coming away with, with you know with three points against West Brom. If you'd said, I know it's a classic kind of cliche, but if you said beforehand that we'd get four points from Burnley and West Brom, you feel pretty good about that. And mm. I'm not going to say it's all negative by any means. That's not that's not what I'm here to do. I'm trying to be objective. I've really got no axe to grind either way. I want the team to do well. So I'm just truly giving my opinions on things. But um, I, I do think there is, there is a, a slight cause for concern in, in regards to the performance, despite the fact that we, we did beat West Brom last night. I think the lack of a plan, as you say there, is pretty... Pretty accurate. I, I'm not quite seeing enough yet from from this team, and I know Bilic had some comments after the game regarding that too. And you know, maybe you can take that into account. But in my opinion, I feel like we've had enough time with the coach. Injuries were standing. It's still we should be seeing a little bit more of of an identity, or at least an understanding of how we we look to play the game. Because when you when you watch the team play, especially in possession, um, it, it does look a little bit well, not a little bit. It looks very improvised and. And the players are kind of looking to make it up as they go along a little bit. At times, you need them to be able to act a little bit faster. Uh, they can't kind of go off instinct and uh, and work on what they know because there's not so much of that um, that sort of game plan installed into the team right now. Billich isn't crazy. He he didn't just put a, you know eleven players on a pitch and say go and have a go. He he clearly had an idea. What what do you think his idea was that he was trying to do that it seems didn't particularly work. Well, I mean, I think I think it's a tough one to to kind of say because I think West Brom were quite good, especially in the first half at neutralising it. Um, I think when you've got the players you have available or he has available to him, you just look at that starting lineup. You are really thinking, can we get the ball through Jao? Driving forwards, Davis is a focal point, and then and then get Semmer and Saar into the box and get them shooting opportunities. But the problem was for us, and especially in the first half, we really couldn't. We we had a lot of control of the ball, so we had over sixty percent possession in that first half. But we were not really able to probe much with it. We they kind of got quite narrow uh, in in West Brom did sorry got quite narrow in their defensive positions, uh, allowed us to kind of play that ball side to side. And you know we saw Chowdhury dropping in between the centre backs, picking up the ball, trying to find a route forward, and it was it was difficult for us to really get, have any penetration. You know it took a little bit of luck for us to get through on occasion. Because uh, for large parts we weren't really looking like we were getting close to the goal. West Brom weren't particularly, a, you know, posing a big threat in that first half either. But um, we, we struggled to really see what Bilic exactly was trying to do uh, with, with that game plan. And 
you know, that's that's something that we would hope to be able to see ourselves impose ourselves a little bit more at home. You know, whether it's a, it doesn't have to be necessarily a complete possession-based dominant performance, but are we doing something that can be effectual and are we able to see that and, and kind of pinpoint it early on? And I don't think we really were in that first half especially. Davis seems to be quite an important part of that particular system that you're talking about there, Jordan. But for me, I think he was one of the weakest areas for us today. He, he, he didn't have a particularly good performance. That's from my point of view. No, I think you're right. I think Davis has been on the on a bit of a downward slide in terms of uh, in terms of performance. I don't think he he just didn't look he didn't look sharp. He he just didn't look he didn't look into it. Do you know what I mean? Like he didn't really seem to have much. Um, everything just seemed a little bit slow and lethargic, and he seemed to be sulk. He seemed to, there's a bit of sulk to his game. I thought last night. I'm not sure if that how that came across. You know, obviously I'm having to kind of look through the, the lens of the camera to see that and I'm maybe not able to check mm. on his um, his mannerisms aside when, when the camera's not looking at him but he seemed a little bit slouched and a little bit sulky kind of moaning quite a lot and I, I don't know he didn't, didn't really kind of seem fully up for that game um, but you know the, the thing is his, his when you have the attacking threat that we, we do pose having someone that can link the play like Davis when he's able, when he does what he can do is, is really invaluable but when he's not performing well it, or when he's not kind of playing up to his standards, then it is kind of a detriment to the side. I don't think you're wrong by saying that he had a bad game last night. I think that was one of his, his poorer performances for us. We'll just say one player that I thought had a really odd game was Keenan Davis. I thought it was like a Ismail Assar tribute act where he kind of looks disinterested and immobile and just really struggles to stamp his authority on the game. There were times when he did some good things, but there were also times when he just looked like a stick in the mud. And I think we've seen that plenty of times this season, but it was, yeah, it was just really frustrating. And I was surprised he stayed on as long as he did. Immediately bringing on a Sombolonga, who I've been kind of critical of and was critical of the signing, certainly, seemed like an upgrade because he was prepared to hair around and, and do that off-the-ball work um, that Davis at times seemed reticent to do. So, yeah, a bit of a frustrating one for him. And again, listening to the Uorns post-match phone-in, someone said he hadn't scored since November now, I think, which is probably longer than I appreciated. So, not good. Yeah, it it just seemed that way to me. And in fact, attack looks to be our weakest area, to be honest. It's, it's surprising, isn't it? Because at the start of the season, we we were fairly happy with attack. It was defence that was our issue. Now it seems to be the other way around. Um, we've spoken about Davis there. When Asomba Longa came on, he, he didn't look much better, to be honest. Um, um, he looked unfit. Uh, and... Yeah. You know, I'm I'm worried about our options up there because we've we've tried a rouge up there on his own and that didn't seem to work at all. Mm. And I I guess maybe he's maybe he's you know a bit lightweight, perhaps um, you know reminiscent of when Pedro first yeah. came in. Um, what what what's the answer there, Jordan? Look, I think yeah, I think firstly on on Brit, I agree. I think he looks heavy. Um, he's a stockier guy anyway. He's you know he's barely got a neck. He's got a high shot. He's a stocky dude, but um, he's not moving. He didn't look like he was moving particularly well. And he made one run when he came on, loser played him through, and he looked he looked pretty spent after that. Uh, which you know maybe is, it's not probably maybe not a fair comment, but he didn't look mobile. He didn't really offer much when he came on, unfortunately. Uh, but in terms of the the attack and that being our kind of weakest point, I do agree with you. I think the, the new centre backs have helped us, you know, in the in the defensive positions as well, um, and we we are able to defend as a team reasonably well at times. But yeah, the the attack is is a problem. And, and when you look at the the options we have, it's not a personnel issue. We have the personnel that we should be a a pretty formidable attack. I think. This kind of goes back to the early comments we we were discussing the game plan early on, and you know people we we talk about patterns of play and so on, and it it can maybe be used as a bit of a blanket statement to to kind of describe an issue. But when when we discuss patterns of play, what we're talking about is you know ideas of movement in the attacking phases, and and what what we need to have in those positions is you need to have speed, you have tempo, um, and you've got to have uh, cohesion because. You know, when you try to break a team like West Brom down, who were playing quite rigid, quite rigidly, they were defending pretty well. They were happy to be compact and sit into deeper areas. You don't have much time uh, to work these chances because they they are so compact, and you have to be quick. You have to you have to find your teammate, and to do so, you have to know where they're going to be. You can't just get the ball, look up, see where they're going to go, play it. it the, the windows are gone. See that when we, when we talk about patterns of play, you have to have those 
installed in place. You've got an idea of where your teammates are going to be. You know when you see, you know, you see it time and time again, and you watch a lot of games, and oftentimes you'll see the ball get to a centre midfielder, and he'll quickly play like a one-touch pass, and it will go out of play for a throw-in with no one within 20 yards. And that's not because he's a terrible player. It's because the fullback or the winger, whoever it is, hasn't done their job, and they're meant to be in that, that area of the pitch, and he's reacting based on what they're what they're doing in training where he's expecting his teammate to be um and if you don't have that things slow down and there's no excuse really when you come when it comes to having Jao Pedro, Smedesai, Ken Semmer, even Keenan Davis these are players that are at the top end of, of, of championship quality and above that you know we've got some of the best players in the league in these positions if not the best so for me this is where it comes down to you've got to have those sorts of things coming through regardless of injuries there's been enough time to to, to kind of install these things in in training over the time that Bilic has been here uh, working with first teamers or not you know they're still around the first team they've still had varying levels of inclusion into those training sessions we've got to be a little bit sharper there because you're really doing yourself a disservice to be wasting this attacking threat and I think right now we are and in terms of, sorry, one last thing, in terms of Arouge, oh my God, I lost, lost the pronunciation then, Arouge, uh, I, I don't think it's a physicality issue, but I think it's what I just discussed. I think he, he's someone that, uh, you know, he has to be in the box, he has to be active, and you have to get the ball to him. He moves quickly, he, think, he thinks quickly, and he takes up like, good positions. We're very slow at getting the ball to him, we've not really found him yet. And, you know, the physical side of his game did show up against Burnley away when he was kind of asked to do a different job and we kind of maybe didn't need what he brought at that time perhaps in how we were playing because we were really setting up for that defensive situation rather than trying to kind of, you know, hit him again and score another goal. So that was difficult. But in a game at home against West Brom, you know, if you've got that movement on, you know, kind of everything's on song, then you can get him into those positions and you can get him involved in the attack and build-up. I think he could be really effective. But right now, it's hard to see how you get him in and, and get him scoring. We can't really get the ball into the box consistently. Would it work playing a Rouge in a two? Or would that be too detrimental to the rest of the team? I mean, if you're happy to, yeah, for sure. Like, if if you if you can find a way of getting a rouge in there and, and you think a two is the best way to do it then then by all means it's you know you have to work out what you're taking out i mean for me i'd probably like to see you don't want to take your pedro out of the team so you're probably looking at pedro and a rouge in 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 those forward positions and the, the way the way pedro plays is hard cause he does he does go quite deep but if you if you could allow him to to stay forward a little bit further and and get involved that way then yeah why not but i think you know the, the you, even if you look at the pattern of, oh sorry, the pattern. You look at the setup we have right now. If you had Jao Pedro playing a little bit behind, you know, dropping deeper, you've got the wingers in Semmer and Saar. Uh, there's nothing to stop Arouge being in that team and um, being effective if you're getting the ball into the player quick enough. I mean, Saar is is more than capable. Semmer's more than capable of getting to that byline and pulling pulling the ball back, or you know, helping helping get into those positions. And you've got Jao Pedro to support. It, it should work. Um, you look at it on paper, it really should work. And it's not a case of you know, th- I know football's not played on paper and all that, but these are good players, so you've got to get them in position to score goals, and it shouldn't be, um, it, it shouldn't be this, uh, it shouldn't be this bad this late on, in my opinion. I think these players have been available enough that you can have uh, some sort of set idea, and it shouldn't just be for those players that were on the pitch yesterday. It should be for the entire squad. Everyone should know what's expected of them. Uh, and we should we should be able to expect to uh, to see a little bit of cohesion in those forward areas, uh, no matter who the coach is and kind of no matter what players are there. That's one of the, the primary jobs of, of the head coach. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right now, I started off by saying that we'd be drip-feeding Tom's thoughts in. That's because uh, Mr Bodo was at the game last night, but sadly can't join us for the pod. However, he has kindly sent his thoughts across, so let's hear from him now and see what his take on the game was. Here we are then, some thoughts for you to drop in so overall good win and a win that i think we needed badly because it showed some of the the fight and so on that we've evidently lacked at times this season at a point when we were just in danger of well we fell out of the playoffs but a point when we were just in danger generally so important to kick up a bit of a stink at that point and, and show that we weren't going to give up on our playoff spot because I think realistically we all appreciate that's the best we can hope for this season um, against a team that's been upwardly mobile. I think it wasn't a perfect win by a long stretch. There were long periods where I just thought, well, West Brom are going to win this now. The tails are out, the momentum's with them and the, the kind of tide has turned in their favour and we're just not looking like finding a way back into the game. I thought 
Bilic's refusal, stubborn refusal to make any substitutes until very late on was peculiar. I would have probably made a sub virtually the minute they scored because they'd been on top for a little while. I got their goal and I could only see it going one way at that point. Our ability to shoot ourselves in the foot and pass up good chances, not necessarily guilt-edged chances, but good chances, certainly presentable chances, could have cost us. And we have to just get more clinical and more ruthless in, in both penalty areas. The first goal is just another set-piece goal where it's too easy. And then obviously the second goal is, is a comedy of errors from Backman and Chowdhury. And you just think... Why are we inviting pressure onto ourselves like that and opportunities like that? Um, because actually up until, if you rewind, actually up until the first goal, until we went ahead, although we hadn't necessarily been completely on top, we were the better team, I thought. The goal galvanised us and we looked good from there, but the equaliser just completely and utterly knocked the stuffing out of us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think you know. I, I think we all kind of agree. It's 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 one of those ones. It's a difficult one, and we kind of just, we're talking after the game. There's a there's quite a mixed feeling there, and uh, I, I think the opinion is slightly slightly split. But it was one of those weird situations where you come away with a win, but there's still there's still a few question marks around uh, around the performance. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see how this fallout continues. Um, but yeah, interesting to hear Tom's thoughts there. It's uh, always good to hear. He, he picked up there that um, that uh, Bilic was hesitant to make a substitution. Um, did you did you feel as though his his, his decision making mm. with that regard was um, was slow? Yes, I did. Um, but I think this is kind of. I don't think it was a well coached game. I mean, we discussed. Uh, we discussed elements of the coaching kind of coming through in terms of the playing uh, the playing style and, and what we saw on the pitch but in terms of differences you can make from the sidelines it, it was it was strange i thought um you know even bakuna coming on when he did loser not coming on to the was it 78th 80th minute he came on uh yeah. you know Asim when he came on it was it was it was, it was strange uh, management from the sideline in my opinion there was opportunities to to affect the game at a time where the game was very much in the balance. I mean, you can say what you want about um, the win, but you know, in my if I had to kind of sum up that game in, in one word, it'd be just chaos. It was all over the place, and there was no no kind of real idea of structure. As things were falling apart so quickly, it really felt like there was an opportunity to make changes and try and wrestle control of that game earlier on, because uh, it was one of those. It was was getting away from us, and it felt like at one point. You know, if we don't make changes soon, we can see us losing this game, and we kind of found ourselves in a position where we didn't. That didn't end up transpiring, but I, I think we could have done more. And I think I think Bilic's decisions on the night were a little a little questionable, in my opinion, or or hard to to reason with, perhaps for me. In terms of team news, um, Watford made just the one change. Uh, it was revealed that there was an injury to Hassan Kamara. Another injury, Jordan. Um, I don't know how many we're going to pick up this season. Was it a hamstring? I didn't realise that. Crikey. All right. Well, that, that opens its own different uh, questions, doesn't it? But what I was going to say was that um, Morris was asked to step in and um, by all accounts had a, had a, had a pretty decent game. Um, I actually asked Tom about his thoughts on, on the young left back. So let's have a listen to what uh, he had to say about Morris. Yes, I thought Morris did well, actually. He's obviously discussed before a divisive figure in the sense that I think there's some people who want him to do well because of what he represents and there are other people who want to use what he represents as a stick to beat Watford and their recruitment with. But I thought tonight was another solid display. You know, you couldn't, you wouldn't necessarily say if you landed from another planet that he would have stuck out um, badly or for the wrong reasons. He was solid, I thought, as well. There were two or three occasions where he put really good balls into the box. Um, one where... I want to say Keenan Davis, if he'd have got a solid contact on it, would have surely scored. So, yeah, I thought it was good in that respect. A um, couple of moments where he's kind of caught out of position, which is the nature of getting forward as he does. But he was good and certainly no worse than Hassan Kamara has been at times this season. So it was, it was a good display. And I think he's unlikely to be an option beyond this season. But I think he's proven that he can be a, a perfectly adequate deputy 
from time to time if Hassan Kamara is unavailable, which is good because obviously means that it's not throwing out the whole kind of defensive line to to shift someone over there, as we've seen with Gaspar and Ngakia playing left-back this season. It gives you a lot more balance um, to have an actual left-back at left-back, which is, you know, a shocking concept. Yeah, I agree. I think he had a good game. I think he was... Uh, he's, he's come in and done really well. Uh, I think, for me, he's, you know, he's still... He's still the cover option. I don't think he's necessarily someone we're looking at as being that first-team player for us. But every time he's come in, he's, he's looked better and better, really. Uh, he's he's actually managed to contribute in forward areas. He, I mean, I guess the only thing I will say is the first couple of seconds of the game, it felt like he almost you know, made a goal, an error that led to a goal, the way he kind of misjudged the flight of the ball and, and suddenly the attack was on and the cross was into the box and it was kind of on him that he just wasn't able to... But, you know, he recovered really well after that. And I thought defensively he was solid. He made a couple of big tackles towards the end of the game. He, he kept up with play really well. His possession was good. He didn't waste the ball, really. Uh, you know, some of it was conservative, relatively. He's not the, the kind of crazy performance you can see from Kamara that goes either way. But uh, I thought he did well. He, he couldn't really ask for much more than, than, than what he's given us since he's been there. Because that, I'm sure even for Morris, it wasn't part of his plans that he'd be involved as much as he has been in the first team this year. So, yeah, credit to him. He, he's done really well. And, uh, you know, he, he's definitely putting himself in a better position, whether it's with us or whether it's putting himself in the shop window for a move in the summer or, or whatever. He, he's uh, he's done well for himself. So, pleased for him. Puts in a decent cross, I think. He does, but he's got a decent left foot. Yeah, he's... Um, you know, we've we've had some. He's happy to kind of take that wide kind of arcing like arcing cross into the box, which you don't often see from camera. Camera is more of a kind of get to the line and pull it back, or he kind of hits it low into the box across the striker's feet. But the Morris kind of likes to shape one from a wider position, which is just a different different way of getting the ball into the box. But I think it's quite effective, and it's something we haven't seen too too much from left back if you think about our delivery from left back we haven't really had someone that can put the ball in since Holobas it feels like yeah um, true consistently so it, it, it's good to see and I think it's uh, it, it's something that we, we can benefit from and I don't feel now as compromised when, when we see the Kamara's not available mm. and on another day I think you would have picked up an assist as well because Davis possibly should have uh, uh, scored one of those but never mind never mind yeah um, it does feel like that gap between Kamara and Morris is is, is kind of slowly closing. Um, although I, I'd say Kamara probably had yeah. his best performance away at Burnley the game before. Um, it, it, it's... They offer you different things, don't they, Jordan, yes. really? I mean, Morris is very much uh, a fullback yep. compared to Kamara, who is a wing-back. I mean, it was almost different roles. Kamara really, kind of it? can be all over the place, you know, use that word again, chaos, um, it, it, on either end of the spectrum. But... Uh, Morris is a little bit more stable, and I'm interested to see how he develops. I'm, I'm, I think watching him play is, is it, it, there's definitely a player there, and it, I'm kind of excited to see if he continues to play for us. If he gets more minutes, can we start to see him open himself up a little bit and and uh, yeah, seeing what what he can do? And so far, it's not been bad. So I think it's been one of the one of the positives of the season is kind of seeing his his opportunity to get in there and actually. Um, actually kind of making the most of it despite what happens either way going forwards he's, he's done really well yeah we all love seeing a youngster come good um, talking about youngsters uh, a piece of news that surprised me ahead of the game was the continued absence of Yasser Espria, uh without seemingly any explanation unless you've got something that you know of Jordan to be honest no I don't I think uh, I, I just the opinion has to be that the Blitz doesn't fancy him I think there's obviously the rule of 11 situations to take into account but yeah, that's true. Yeah. But having said that, there are players on the bench there that you could, you know, you could perhaps switch out for, for Yasser Espria. And you know, I think it's disappointing. I think Espria is someone that we want to get minutes to. I think he, I think he can contribute now. Uh, I actually quite like him late on in games. I think his ability to play the ball is, is is useful in those later situations. I think, you know, Burnley even being a prime example. I don't think that shutting up shop and being defensive necessarily suits us. Or is always the way to go. Being effective in in possession and, and efficient in possession is, is often you know, more effective. And I think having someone that can come on late in games and do that, you know, offer fresh, fresh legs, doesn't have to be in the centre. He can play wide, uh, he can play more advanced. I, I, I'm, I'm disappointed that he's not getting involved. Because I think, again, last night that was that was a time, that was an opportunity where you look at that bench and you think Esprit is someone that could come on and contribute in this game and, and possibly help us get the win. But 
for whatever reason, Benic doesn't doesn't seem to fancy him, and and you have the likes of Bakuna or, or whoever selected ahead of him. So it, it's a shame because I think you want him involved in the first team. You want him getting minutes where he can. You don't want him wasted, sat there in the reserves or kind of not even on the bench. It's uh, it's not the direction I want us to be heading in with with Espria personally. Mm. He didn't get any minutes recently with the under twenty threes, did he? So I'm wondering if perhaps he's just being rested, maybe. Potentially, but I mean, this is a mo- this is a kind of time where you know every game we have to we have to keep pushing on. We've got to try and make up that space, and I think you can't afford to 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 keep those players out for that sort of reason. I think he has to be available from the bench at least. Uh, but you know, it, yeah, you can rest on the bench, can't you? Yeah, and he doesn't have to. If if the game goes well, you don't have to call upon him. That's great, but I want him around the first team as much as possible. And uh, it's, it's disappointing that he's not. Um, currently in that situation to, to kind of help whether it's from the bench or even start games because although you know he's although he's raw uh, we've seen you know his finishing can be a little bit wayward and he's he doesn't always make the right decision but you know he, he's obviously got a lot of talent and I want to see that given the opportunity to uh, to develop some Someone who was on the bench was Imran Luzar I actually expected him to start given that he's been building up his minutes in the previous fixtures but um that was a surprise to me jordan what what did you make of that one yeah i mean i think it has to be it has to be a fitness issue i, I don't i think if he's available he starts that game i'm surprised it took so long for him to come on uh, especially because yeah especially because the the first half especially it, it was surprising well not surprising it was evident how much we struggled i think when we saw when we saw shadri dropping deeper picking up that ball in, in between the center backs and then you kind of look at the the picture ahead of him, and you've got Kone in midfield on his own. Actually, we should touch on Kone in a second too. You got Kone on, in midfield on his own, kind of looking for that passing opportunity to pick up the ball and turn. But you know he's outnumbered, and it's a really tough ask of him to get there. And I think when you're looking at the the, the, the sorts of players that can help you in those situations, Imran loses the one that sticks out. And even when he came on for the last ten minutes, you saw that his ability to play forward. Uh, he's incisive in possession, but he also picks up the space to receive the ball. Isn't afraid to to receive it in in you know tight areas, and he's got the awareness to to pick it up and turn and and play forward and kind of beat those traps that which are set for him. So he has to play when he's fit. I think he's our best midfielder in a lot of ways, and uh, yeah, I think the, the quicker we can get him involved, the better. And I, I don't think he's a player that. Uh, it's hard to interpret if you're a coach. I think pretty much every coach is going to like what Loser offers to that midfield. I don't think there's too many negatives that come with him. So I'm sure when he's up to the point where he can play from the beginning, he will uh, because he's he, he's very effective for us when he's in that in that position. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Yeah, a coach's dream, I imagine. I would say he probably is, especially at this level. I mean, what's not to like about uh, Imran Loser, really? 
yeah. on the uh, the counter of that uh, coach's nightmare, <laughs> probably uh, you could say Ishmael Coney because he offers so much, but then doesn't meet the the highs that he's suggesting he can, and it's very frustrating. But yeah, he showed some positive things, but just oh, I don't know. It's I think I think last night was his, I think last night might have been a, I think might have been his best game though. No. Well, look, I mean, I feel like he he's he's certainly got the, the the ability to bring the ball through and carry it, but his decision making is so poor that um once he reaches the end of his run, he ends up being given away. At least I, I don't know if that's yeah. Maybe that's just my own my own my own view, but it felt as though there was a number of times when he had the opportunity to do something and did about seventy five percent of it, but then uh, yeah, he couldn't he couldn't do the final twenty five. I think but... I think as a player still finding his feet, finding his confidence, and and kind of giving himself the opportunity to to express himself a little bit. And again, this kind of goes back to what we we're talking about earlier. Perhaps if there was a more established idea of how we're playing forwards, it might help him kind of play within those boundaries and and give him that idea ahead of the time, rather than having that kind of improvisation of carrying the ball and then looking up to find the option to play to and, and end up overthinking or taking too long and just not quite executing. Uh, that could be an element to it. But I think, as you, you know, you, you're right. It does show that he can do those things. I think last night, the, the positive for me was his turnovers were really good. He was able to get there and uh, win the ball back quite well. Uh, he, he was open for possession. He did get the ball quite a lot and he, he, he played quite conservatively. I think that's one thing we can improve with him. And I think that's something that will come with time and, and kind of confidence within the system, within the team. And the players around him is just able to be able to look up a little faster and, and just kind of increase that tempo a little bit, um, take a few more risks in possession sometimes perhaps. But well, I do think there's a player there, and I think I'm personally quite confident that providing we give him the the appropriate platform and uh, and position to play, that he's someone that can be really useful for us. And uh, there's a lot to like. And I think last night, as I said, the turnovers were much better. Um, his control in midfield was good and I thought he was a good supplement to, to what we had there. It's just a case of I think we'll see more from him uh, as time goes on and as we kind of get a better balance in midfield too. Because yesterday I thought he could have done with a little help from maybe someone like Jao Pedro able to, to drop in positions to give him some more options. I think oftentimes when he received the ball it was quite hard for him to play forward as well rather than just kind of shifting it back out to the fullback, which we saw quite a lot. In terms of some of the individual performances, I thought this was the best I've seen Ishmael Kone play. thought he was really, really good, carried the ball well, incisive, progressive passing, looked like the player that we saw in the first couple of games after he signed in January. Um, I thought he was probably the pick of the midfield at times in that respect and the one that was most likely to create something for us and make something happen. There was that driving run in the first half which was like the uh, like watching a gazelle tear through, and then the finish was like watching a kitten take its first steps. But um, I thought he was really, really good, and that was the sort of player we expected when we signed him. Someone who's really confident, getting his head down and, and carrying the ball forward, and and you know really just breezing past people. So I thought he was very good. I thought Jao Pedro was good again. I tweeted after while I was queuing in the car park. You know. You might not look at him, look at him and go, oh, he's the conventional leader, a, a Clef Lee or a Cathcart type, someone real ugly, bruised championship campaigner, knows what the league is all about, blah, 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 cliche, cliche, cliche. But he's a leader in the sense of taking it on his shoulders and saying, I'll do it, follow me, this is how we do it. He's got some street smart about him as well. You know, he sometimes it doesn't work. There was a time... Uh, quite late on in the second half in front of the rookery where he tried to buy a free kick and the referee wasn't having it. But there are plenty of times where his street smarts pay off as well. Um, he's a really, really good player, as we know. But I think he's also quite a symbolic, totemic player for us um, as a leader as well. So I thought, thought it was another excellent performance from him. Yeah. Joe Padro, you mentioned there again, um, probably Watford's best player on the pitch, you think? He's just yeah, he's just he's just very good, isn't he? He he's the way he picks up the ball, and you always fancy him to beat the man closest to him. He kind of occupies that kind of outside space in the halfway line, picks up the ball, you know, takes like a long arcing run around the player, but has the the lengthy legs to get around and can you kind know, of drop the shoulder and turn around. Uses his body really well, like kind of really good at getting the defender off balance and going the opposite direction. Just comfortable. Uh, and yeah, Lincoln play. There's one opportunity too where 
he made that late run into the box and had a shot in the in the second half. And it was just a really good, really well timed run and good effort on goal. Unfortunate. Yeah, he's just a very good player and he's he's a he's a nightmare to defend against if you're uh, if you're West Brom. It's really hard to track. And uh, yeah, I think a lot of you know West Brom struggled with him. Nathaniel Chalaber struggled with him yesterday too. And it was uh, yeah, it was another good performance from uh, from the young captain. He was dropping very deep to get the ball though. Does that sacrifice what he can do going forward if he's having to start from such a a, a, a position so far back? Yeah, I think this is you know as Simon discussed before. It's his ten- his natural tendency is to pick up the ball in those deep positions because he can. He can carry, and he. I think what you have to think about when he when he carries from that deep is if if you're defending as West Brom or whoever, you, you've got to allocate players to stop him, especially when he can beat more than one guy quite comfortably. If you start kind of adding two players into you know closing him down and trying to shut up his space, it, it does disrupt the, the 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 defensive structure of the opponent, and they have to start you know pulling players out of position to deal with him and. That is useful. And look, he's not in the box. He's not able to get in the box as consistently. And, you know, he's not maybe the end point of our attacks. He's often the, the, the instigator. But with our stuttering and, and, and our inability to get the ball into the box consistently, then it's not necessarily a bad thing to have him there. I think providing that you have the players around him to, to capitalise, it's useful. It does work for us. There are times when maybe it's not always the most appropriate thing. But, you know, if you can, if Jao Pedro... Coming like getting inside, being being a central midfielder and pulling in a fullback opens a lane for Semer or Sal that can put us through on goal. And I'm, I'm all for it. I think it's just finding a way where we don't have to do that because we've got no ideas elsewhere. I think that would be the key. Once we can start in, including that as a as another element, another kind of weapon in our attack, rather than being the only real starting point, we'll we'll be better off. Mm. Has been criticised recently by a few fans as to whether he should be the captain or not. What what's your opinion there, Jordan? Really, yeah, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen the criticism, but I mean, I, th- I think, I think the argument that for that some fans have have, have made is that um, with him being the captain, uh, it perhaps takes his mind off the the important job of, of 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 being the attacking threat, and also maybe he hasn't got perhaps the same presence that, um, that I don't know, someone maybe like. Well, I'm trying to think of someone similar to a Troy Deeney mould. Maybe Porteous is the closest that we have in that kind of I can get up in your face and and um, and, and argue the battle yeah. type what, person. But well, I think there's 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 so many different styles of leadership, and I, I think the cat. I think there's often a, there can often be a, an overemphasis on the importance of the role of a captain amongst a team. Sometimes I think, and unless there's a clear and obvious person that that does have an effect on the team by, by being captain, then I think you've got to make a decision maybe taking into account other factors. And one of those factors for me is always, are there, if, if there's a kind of group group leadership situation where you have different players amongst the group that are in, in kind of putting in their own thoughts, their own emphasis on certain aspects of leadership to, you know, in co- collaboration and combination create that kind of moral standpoint you're looking to get towards whether it's you know working harder or you know whatever the situation is that you might expect to your captain to kind of harbor then i'm happy to give it to a player that elevates the player someone like Jao pedro if you think giving him the armband makes him play this chest out a little bit more gives him that boost of confidence he sets the tempo players play around that i think that's fine i'm not i haven't got any problem with it at all uh, I, I think it suits him i think it's a statement you know, it's, it's it's saying you know you're an important player for us, Jay. You've got to be the guy to go out there and win us this game. You know, there's there's pressure on him, but in a positive sense, uh, I don't mind it at all. And there's no one really in that team that screams, you know, outward leadership in the way that you you might suggest from from another player that we've had in the past. You, know, you could say Troy or whatever, but you know, look around the league, look around any any league, look at any club. The, the, the captains are, are very different. It's not the same as it as it used to be, where it's always previously just the kind of loudest hardest man is the captain and he's shouting orders it's not that style really and I think um, for me I think Jao Pedro is a, a, a pretty fine choice he's someone that's playing every game when available and as far as I'm concerned it improves his, his performance in, in a sense So Jao was uh, one of the best players in a yellow shirt yesterday um, he didn't win the Man of the Match award though that award went to Ken Semmer who also had a particularly good game uh, two goals we think maybe maybe one and uh, unknown goal, but uh, he'll claim it for as long as he can. Um, a, a, a very decent performance from the Swedish international. Yeah, he's done very well. He's he's uh, 
he's one of those players for us that I think is he's definitely underrated in, the, in a sense, and he gets a lot of criticism. I think uh, I see a fair amount uh, in, in regards to Ken, which is a shame because I think he offers an absolute ton in, at championship level. He's somewhat limited at times, but you can't question his you can't question his work ethic. You can't question his ability. Uh, in certain situations and what he does have to offer is simply effective uh, he finds himself in good positions he, he contributes consistently with assists and goals uh, I think he's one of those players which is just we've become quite used to performing well at championship level and sometimes gets a little overlooked and I think last night you know the last two games you know, I think maybe absence you know makes the heart grow fonder and all that I think not having him there and then having him come back in I think Burnley and West Brom have been two two games now I've really seen the, the difference that he can make and you know, even the Burnley game playing out of position too. But he comes in and he, he elevates the team. And we're talking about kind of leadership and, and those sorts of tributes that you, you want from your captain. I think he embodies a, a very much a lead-by-example sort of situation in, in the way that he conducts himself and the way that he actually plays. It's really positive. So I'm glad to see him back in the team. Uh, and at this point, he's kind of an you know, instant starter for me. Obviously, Ken Semmer was excellent. It was a vintage Ken Semmer performance. He is a very known quantity and the sort of known quantity that you need in the championship. He will do the hard yards. He will do the ugly stuff. He will do the unglamorous, unseen, unappreciated stuff time and time again without complaint. And and really his winner was um, the perfect encapsulation of that because I don't know if anyone else in that instance would have, in that moment, would have taken that shot on, but he just went for it and he got his reward. Um, you know, you can look at XG and high value opportunities and positions for shooting and so on to death. And I'm a big fan of all that stuff. But sometimes, as Ken proved, brute force is the way forward and he just got his head over it and smashed it. Um, and there's a lesson there for Ismail Assar, who had two very presentable opportunities before he scored his goal um, that, you know, sometimes it's, the simple things are best in life. So Ken Semmer, fantastic. Um, there was some talk on the Uorns post-match Twitter space about his contract situation. And someone suggested that he had signed a new contract until 2026. And he'd kind of announced it when he was in Sweden. I certainly hope that is the case because otherwise uh, his contract, the suggestion is, could be up this summer. And that would be a real shame because I think there's every chance we're in the championship again next season. And he is one of our better assets in the championship. Um, we all know his limitations in the Premier League, but quite frankly, if we got up, he would have earned, he would have earned the opportunity to have another crack at it with his uh, endeavours this year, because he has been one of the few people that you can't criticise criticize too much, to be honest. Yeah, did very well yesterday. Um, the two centre-backs as well were positive, but we've, we've dwelt on them quite a bit in the recent pods, yeah. so we won't talk about them too much. But again, very good performance from both of them. I do think we saw a little um, bit of stiffness at, from Hoot at some point. There was a couple of um, moments you do see that um, that area where he can be exposed, where he can get turned a little bit. And the, there were a couple of occasions where it was almost costly. But yeah, no, again, as a whole, positive. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, at the other end then, um, poor performance, I thought, from Backman yesterday probably one of his worst of the season despite his decent saves and I got a bit of stick uh, midweek for, for, for claiming that Bagman was in for uh, a shout of being uh, player of the season I think I think what I was basing it on was the fact that most of our players this season have been quite inconsistent whereas yeah. Bagman at least with his handling has been mm. has been pretty pretty decent all season I think if you compared him just on that trait compared to the other goalkeepers in the championship he would be fairly high fairly high up However, his distribution uh, and his kicking is very poor and it was really shown up yesterday. Well, I think last night, I mean, look, I was I was with you as well. We had this conversation. I think also to have to remember, we have these conversations off on, you know, kind of off the cuff and we're discussing things and it's not always, sometimes it's hard to remember every aspect of, of a player's season. I know that's maybe one that we should have been thinking about a little bit more. But, you know, I think last night is a, is a prime example of, of Daniel Backman because he made, two massive saves one yeah. particular he got down low from you know this these are real goal saving situations a lot of keepers are not saving that uh, it, it's, it's a great save and, you know, and that's, that that's, that's my number one priority as well when I'm looking at a goalkeeper I'm looking at somebody who can save the ball who can 
keep you in games who can make these fantastic saves. Yeah. And to me, the distribution really is, a, a, you know, the the second most important factor. It's not it's not the number one. Um, in modern football, unfortunately, well, not in, mm. unfortunately, but uh, we we have to, unfortunate for Batman because we have to we have to uh, we have to basically <laughs> uh, look at this in more detail because it's becoming so much more important. Um, arguably than it was let's say 20 years ago but the goalkeeper has to be able to play over their feet they have to be able to pick balls um pass and these aren't strengths that backman has and so he will get criticized for that uh parts of his ability which which are lacking yeah i'm surprised he opens himself up to it sometimes because you know there's there's talking about distribution i think in general when people say about his issues in distribution i think it's you know, it can be speed. It can be it can be getting the ball at the pitch at the right time. Uh, and we we did see a couple. There's actually one boy we played last last night that was actually pretty decent. Just we, we wanted to see more from him. And weirdly, we actually saw early on when Backman started getting into the team was that little clip out to Morris on the left. Uh, just you know, not an overly complicated pass, but it's it's finding the teammate in space and and executing it. He also threw the ball out quite well as well, didn't he? Yeah, his distribution is not always bad. I think that has to be that has to be understood too, but. When you look at last night, that's almost that's almost an element outside. I almost don't even look at the the goal the goal causing error that he made last night as a distribution issue. That's a decision making issue. Um, okay. To to in a sense that there's no need to play it like that. There's no need to do it. You know the execution was bad, yes, but even the best case execution, the advantage you get for the risk that you bring onto yourself is just. It, it's just poor. You know, you're not actually benefiting the team. Um, once you play the ball out to Porteous and it comes back, you know, what's Chadry going to do there? Pick up the ball, turn, maybe drop it out to Porteous again or hopefully turn and get the ball upfield? you just got to be better than that. And, uh, you know, Backman's experienced enough now that he should know. We saw this in pre-season. I'm pretty sure there's a clip in pre I can't remember who we're playing against now, but there was a, a pre-season game that wasn't where it wasn't able to be viewed, but we saw the highlights of the goals and it's a very similar situation where it just plays the ball out into a bad position and it's, you know, counter-attack on the goal. You've got to be really careful and in a game like that, I just don't see how we're, we're still making that mistake. I don't think it's a... It's not an error that is really that forgivable because it's just purely a bad decision and uh, not not great to see. And, you know, he kind of got away with it in the end, obviously, with the result, but that, that could have been a really costly one. What's the answer here, Jordan? Because people don't like Backman kicking the ball long, but they also don't seem particularly happy when he tries to play it short. So what do we ask from him? Yeah, I think I think if you're playing Backman, you, you ask him to play it long. I, I, I think you can't... No, we, we, we might not like how it looks going long. We might miss opportunities. But we also don't like conceding goals either. And I think... I think there's probably a balance in between. Like I don't, I want him to look for that clipped ball out to the fullback when they get into space. I want him to do that, but his his distribution doesn't have to hurt us in that sense. It might hurt our build up. It might hurt our counter attacks. But it it only is it's up to him or it's up to the coach if it hurts us from a goals conceding perspective as consistently as as it can do because the, the playing out from the back thing. It can't start. It can't start from our keeper if Backman's in goal. Like I'm sorry, it just doesn't. This doesn't work. And I doesn't. I don't really think Backman is, is is that sort of keeper. I don't really think anyone should expect him to be. I'm surprised if Bilic thinks that he's he's capable of doing that consistently. Because uh, I think it's pretty clear that he's not. He can still offer something. I mean, as we said, the goals, the goals that he's stopped and the saves that he's made are you know really really important. And he's done well. He's got better at collecting crosses at times too. Um, Although you could maybe argue that that's, that's still an issue for him, you know, even the Burnley goal, the, the positioning wasn't great. But the possession of other things doesn't have to be as glaringly bad as it has been. Okay, then. Um, well, before the game, a lot of people were speculating that uh, were Bilic to lose it, that he may lose more than just that. Uh, ultimately, he he won. So I put the question to Tom as to whether this game has uh, saved Bilic uh, and his season, or or whether that was never really in doubt. I think Bilic has probably bought himself more time because whatever we think, I imagine there has been some pressure, some discussion among the decision makers about his position. He has presided over a poor run of form and, and not brilliant performances and whatever the mitigating factors, the expectation this season is we get promotion um, and there will be little tolerance for anything else. So. Yeah, I think he's he's probably bought himself time with these performances and these games and 
it's a tough one because on one hand you say, well, you want to see performances because that's more of an indication of um, what could happen between now and the end of the season. It's, you know, it's more indicative of the actual level of this team. But at the same time, we are at a point in the season where it's just like, if we're going to get promoted, we just need results. Performances with the promise of results down the line counts for nothing now. We just have to get results, results. And I would have thought that four points out of Burnley and West Brom is a pretty good return. If we could get something at Sheffield United as well, and they've lost two in a row for the first time in a while, then that's a really good return from these three games. Players coming back, said to Andy, who I sit next to tonight, you know, for the first time there's some actual options on the bench. Mateus Martins, Henrik Araush, Britta Sombolonga, these are players that are ready to come on and make an impact. And we're a loser, of course. These are players that are ready to come on and make an impact. Um, that's something, that's a luxury we haven't had. So, yeah, it looks a bit more positive. And as I tweeted off, as I think there's there was something there. It wasn't perfect by any means. It was a long way from the finished product, but there was something there tonight to build off of at times. So I'm pretty pretty up on it. I think it was, yeah, no, I think it was a game which, you know, had he lost that game, there'd have been some real pressure on him. That he won the game ultimately, but for me, I, I, I didn't go away from that game feeling confident particularly. And again, I don't want to be the negative person speaking here, I'm trying to be objective. But if we're talking about big picture, yes, we got the win. There's positives you can draw from that, some good individual performances, but I don't feel great about about the team in terms of how we look as a, as a unit offensively I, I just think we're struggling and I'm not seeing much in the in the way of change or, or attempt to change now hopefully you know if, if what if, if what Bilic said is, is true and accurate then he's planning on that to to work on that and hopefully progress that over the next few weeks now he has players back let's see but if we're talking big picture here, we've got a you know really important run to go through to even get into the playoffs now. You know, reaching the playoffs is is our target. Then we'll think about what we can do in there. I don't think it's a given that we'll be in that top six at this point. Uh, we're very inconsistent, and you know these sorts of games against West Brom. If you put that sort of performance out again last night, if we played that game again under very similar circumstances, we could easily have lost that game or drawn that game. It was no dominant performance and. You know, you can't always have them, but I'm looking for signs. I'm looking for kind of, you know, opportunities to to, to see how we're how we're progressing as a team. I'm not really seeing it. Uh, I'm seeing a group of players that are going out there quite improvised and and looking a little lost at times. And I just don't think that a team like that, even with our quality, is something you can necessarily rely on uh, to, to to achieve the playoff position. But then once you're in it. Um, is there the flexibility and, and the coachability to, to kind of get these very specific knockout style performances out of a team looking to get promotion by a playoffs? I don't know. Uh, and, I, and I think that's something we have to be seeing at this point. And I don't want to kind of beat a dead horse with that with that point, but that's just kind of what I'm feeling on uh, on this current situation. And I, I, I kind of tweeted during the game. and You were quite, you were quite, quite critical of him, really, but um, warranted, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like my my opinion is I just don't. I, I've seen a lot of, we've seen a lot of coaches here at Watford in the last you know ten or so years, especially. And I've seen us. Uh, what I effectively said, I've seen us coached well, and I've seen us coached poorly. But I thought last night was one of the the least coached performances I've I've really seen. I just didn't get any sort of feel, you know, good or bad. It was just a, a group of players on the pitch and. Maybe I'm being harsh, but that's just how I took it. And I've gone back and I've watched, you know, portions of the game again, and my opinion hasn't changed. So from a from a perspective of, you know, how does it affect Bilic's, um his tenure at the club? I don't think it puts him closer to a sacking. No, but if I was someone that's looking at uh, this club as a long term situation, I don't think Bilic has ever maybe considered long term. But I'd be thinking to myself, I don't feel that this coach is pushing my club in a particular direction. Uh, in, in any sort of uh, facet right now so I'm not sure that any decision would be made to, to move on with him especially with you know you've got to replace him and what's available and so on but um, I didn't gain as much confidence as I'd like to feel that I'd have gained from four points in the last two games so it's a tough one it's a, it's a tough one to really settle on because I want to be positive and I want this team to win obviously um, but just really trying to think about it it doesn't sit as well as I'd like it to. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. I saw a few people say the same thing too. And I, I saw quite a few people say, you know what, I left that game feeling weirdly 
dejected over over a win you know it was is that strange it, it was a strange feeling it was a strange game um there aren't too many games you, you can't believe with that sort of feeling so so not wins <laughs> yeah no exactly yeah it's it's, it's, it's it's a little bizarre um it's interesting it's an interesting situation we find ourselves in so we, we kind of have to kind of sit back and look and see how we how we deal with it and how we push on but you know, I think there's a there's there's a group of players there that are good enough to 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 be pushing towards the top end of the table. So let's see over these next few games if we can uh, if we can actually you know see some of that come through because you know we're talking about the, the teams we've played. Sheffield United, another one coming up, is a real difficult mm. uh, team to play against, and the team that does have a real established identity. Uh, I think this you know I think we can use the word identity so much that it almost loses meaning uh, and becomes just an easy thing to say in regards to, to how a team plays and just a team in general. But, you know, if you had to talk about lack of, I thought last night was, was one of those... Um, you almost see the identity of the individuals come through a lot more and you kind of know what's going to happen based on the tendencies of the, of the individuals than we do in your sort of team performance. So let's see if that changes against Sheffield. I hope we get to see at least a little spark of something. Yeah, well, they're going to have to be on their game because they are playing one of the best teams in the division. However, they are currently... Uh, on a run of back-to-back defeats uh, with Middlesbrough, only four points off them now. Um, I wonder, yeah. is this a good time to, to face them or, or, or not? I suppose that's never really a good a good time to face anyone. But I mean, I suppose it is, right? I suppose it yeah, is. I yeah. don't know. There's, I, there's I, the argument to be I, made I always, both ways, isn't there, really? But I do. I always do fear... I, I always hate playing a losing team. That's I, I do hate that feeling. But, you know, it, I think there's definitely an argument that you want to play them when they're in a bad run of form and the thing is with with us is everything I just said about you know lacking certain aspects that that there are good players in this team and sometimes that can be enough you know a lot of time the the team with the better players wins that's just how it is but um, (laughs) you know you you got a team like Sheffield United who are on a little bit of a bad run if you get a performance out of a a Jao Pedro and this made us are you've always got a chance in these situations and you know, if you you know sprinkling a little bit of uh, a little bit of refinement in the in the from a coaching standpoint, then it's entirely possible that you, you're able to get something from this game. And I think if we can start positive, the the biggest thing from last night for me is it's going to be a confidence booster for the players. The players are going to feel good. There's there's no there's no negatives that come from that for the for the individuals. If we can carry some of that momentum, even if it's not clean, even if it's not perfect, if we start well and get something early. You know, I quite I back this team in some ways to to actually come away with a with a point or, or potentially more, uh, given the if the circumstances are favourable, then we we have a chance. Do you expect Billich to have to have learnt anything from the recent fixtures? You know, I don't I don't really know too much with you, Matt. I'm, that's that's what I mean. I'm struggling to I'm struggling to get much Billich in the team. Do you know what I mean? I'm struggling to really pinpoint. Mm. Uh, I'm really trying to. I'm struggling to, t- to to pinpoint what he's putting in, so it, it's potential. I mean, if I, the one thing I can say, if we, you know, if we talk about Bilic learning anything, Cabaselli didn't come on last night for the last ten minutes. No, that's so true. That's true. That's yeah. one thing we can maybe discuss. But you know, <laughs> I, I think if if you, if you learn anything from that game, it's what I would learn. What I would take my biggest takeaway from that game personally, if I'm if I'm looking at it, is you know what we said about possession against a team that. You know, Sheffield United are maybe not going to sit back like West Brom did, but how do you break down a team uh, that is looking to to be compact? If, if Sheffield United get the lead and start playing a little bit more conservative, what can we do in possession to break them down? How do we how do we change that? And I think you see when loser comes on, you've got the opportunity to make things a little bit more dynamic, a little bit more open. So I think if he didn't know it already, which he probably did, loser coming into that team can, can make a difference and. You know, you've got attacking players that can that can be dangerous, but there's there's a few things to take away from this West Brom game, and I hope we we get to see uh, the, the the kind of changes where needed quickly, because it's not it's not long before we play again. Based on what you've seen from the way Loser's been introduced, do you think he'll be given a whole half or even more? Yeah, I mean, it's possible he gets the he possibly gets the start. Uh, it's possible he gets the start. I, I think. He should be at a condition now that, that I mean, in terms of there should be really this should be primarily a fitness issue. There shouldn't be any worry from a, a structural point of the leg. It's a break. It's a relatively simple recovery. Um, re-injury is almost a, a non-factor if he's at the if he's at the position where he's playing. You know, when we talk about a soft tissue injury, the 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 question of re-injuries 
always on on the mind until they're at that kind of you know in inverted commas 100% level but with a break you, you should be back to to full fitness and full readiness as soon as that you know that bone is healed you're, you're good to go uh, so it should just be a fitness issue in terms of you know are you ready to to have that output consistently kind of easing it back in uh, that's why I was kind of surprised he got so few minutes yesterday I thought he might have been soon to get half but you know, for me, I'd, I'd have him on the pitch from the beginning and, and see what you can get out of him. If he, if he starts flagging, you need to take him off, then take him off. But I, I'd like to give him a go from the start because I think this is a game we need to be prepared for and need to be going, you know, starting quickly, starting early. And that's something we've struggled to do. I mean, we really struggled with this under Edwards, but starting well has been an issue for us. So I think making sure he's on the pitch in the beginning is, is quite important, in my opinion. OK, cool. Well, thanks very much for your time, Jordan. And uh, thanks to Tom as well, wherever he is out there in thanks the ether. Thanks for your time, Matt. Oh, thanks, Jordan. That's very kind of you. Um, that sadly is all we, all, all the time that we have today. Uh, it's been a great discussion, and we've been enjoying talking about this. We're talking about a win for a change as well. That's been nice. It's because, a nice feeling, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Several draws and then defeats. It, it, it was. It's not. It's not. It's not great, but uh, it's always great to talk about a win, even if it is a, a weird win, as as we've been as we've been saying. But um, hopefully we can pick up another win and it won't be so weird next time. Uh, a less weird win would be nice. A less yeah. weird win, please. Yeah. OK, so Sheffield United, there'll be a pod after that. Um, hopefully it might not feature myself. I'm away uh, this weekend, but um, we'll see if we can sort something out. But until then, uh, from Jordan and from myself and from Tom somewhere, uh, we've been the lot for Buzz and we'll catch up with you next time. Goodbye. Bye bye for now.